Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion, unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Prepare for a scare. It's the Midnight Macabre Podcast. Hello, my creepy curiosities, and welcome to our final Halloween special of the Midnight Macabre podcast for 2020. I am your priestess of the petrifying Laura Lambton, and I want to take a moment to thank each and every one of you who's joined me this week, either live as I premiere each episode or via the recordings in your podcast feed. Thank you to all of our supporters that made these episodes possible, and thank you for all the comments and reviews you've been sending in. So I wanted to read a couple that really stood out for me. Here we go. A five-star review from Horrorstan2K. Thanks for the stories this week and bringing the past of the old mill to life. 100% booking a stay there for myself ASAP. From at Jacko Lambton fan. Love the name, Jack. Been tuning in for the live episodes nightly. Can't wait to see what you've got for us on Halloween. And from at Strings of Fate 7. That's it. I'm dropping everything and heading to Bramshire for Halloween. See you there, creeps. Thanks once again to all of you who are tuning in with me tonight. I hope I'll see some of you out howling at the moon with me when the witching hour comes. And to make sure we're not late, without further ado, I'll introduce the final story from our visit to Old Mill Lane and the events of one year ago to the day, as Katie drags her reluctant boyfriend to a work Halloween party. Adapted from an interview with an anonymous source by Andy Conduit-Turner and performed by Josh Curran. The Corruption of Old Mill Lane. (laughs) 
You see, the thing is that the family did report him missing, but they just assumed he'd run away. It was pretty common at the time, and what with the war, they didn't actually find him until- Hey! Are you even listening? Tom was not listening. He stared ahead, down the dark path, trying to avoid stepping in scattered patches of mud as he trudged along. A bag for life, full of hastily bought booze, clinked with each step. His thoughts drifted likely running over how the lads were getting on at Dan's normal Halloween party back at home. Oi! Fuck boy! If Kate's increased volume alone hadn't been enough to snap Tom back to reality, the jab in the back of the knee with the plastic pitchfork she was wielding sealed the deal. Kinel babe, what were that for? Tom complained, half hopping, half tripping as his knee buckled from the strategic application of pressure. Why don't you tell me? Kate stopped walking and placed her hands on her hips while shooting him a stern glare. Though, any increased intimidation her devil mask might have provided was significantly watered down by the fact it was covered in sequins. Hesitating for a moment, Tom cautiously attempted an answer. You think I wasn't listening? The rising inflection of a question crept in at the last moment as his confidence wavered. Then what was I talking about? The jaws of the trap snapped shut. Before Tom could articulate his series of mumbles and stutters into the shape of any type of guess, Kate brandished the pitchfork menacingly in his direction. Paying no attention to when I talk about my interests, eh? I'll tear your soul apart, she proclaimed before lunging towards Tom, swinging the novelty weapon at him as he mock ran for his life. And the young couple broke into fits of laughter. Tell me you're in a mud, pining for another night, getting cockeyed with Dan Binny and Frog like every other weekend. Kate teased as they settled back into their walk. Beanie and Frag, Tom corrected, taking the bait. I'm not in a mud anyway, I just don't know anyone from your work and it's kind of a tradition. Shots in Dan's month kitchen, wearing minimal effort costumes, or I bet Japan are going to scrap tea ceremonies in favour of that time on a tradition any day now. Ugh. Tom winced comically. Well, that minimal effort costume dig really stings coming from the sexy devil. Ah! A jab in his ribs from the sexy devil's pitchfork cut his response short. You behave yourself and play nicely tonight or you won't get to see my other Halloween costume. Moving in close, Kate ran her fingers down Tom's back as she leaned in to whisper in his ear. Standing slightly straighter, he quickened his pace towards the lights he could see faintly up ahead, and began a renewed line of questions about the party he was absolutely looking forward to. So did her boss own this place, or was it just rented especially for the Halloween party? Who was that girl she didn't like at the office that he shouldn't speak to? Were the stories she'd mentioned really true, or just local legends? Either way, he'd really like to hear more. The old iron gate surrounding the mill site had been propped open in preparation for the night's event. As the couple stepped through the gates and made their way towards the building itself, I held back and slunk back into the bushes at a safe distance. I'd see them again inside. 
I entered the party via the kitchen after slipping into my costume for the opening portion of the evening. The mad scientist look was easy to pull off, and the lab coat and props that went with the outfit would make some of my work look far less suspect to the outsiders attending the party. Disrespectful little wretch. Old man Caswell muttered at me from his wheelchair at the sight of my coke bottle glasses and filthy lab coat which marked out my costume. Now, now, dear. The statuesque young woman in a nurse's uniform pushing him around the party said soothingly as she stroked his bald head. You'll be needing another heart replacement if you get overexcited. And like this one, the night is young. Glancing up at me, she gave me a wink and flashed a bright smile, which she proceeded to hold for slightly too long. Smiling politely and shrugging at the ancient professor in half-apology, I moved on into the crowd. More tenured members of the order than me had fallen foul of that couple's dysfunctional marriage. Parts of them probably still existed in a box hidden in the pair's bedside table. I caught sight of Tom and Kate across the room in the company of Mr. Kane and my father. Glancing over the couple's shoulders, my father waved me over. As I approached, I caught some of their ongoing conversation over the ambient noise of the room. She was a sweet old thing, but quite mad. One year she went so far as to spike the punch at the community Halloween event with some awful garlic concoction in case the guests were all vampires. Now, tell me honestly, Tom, Kate hasn't described her boss to you as a blood-sucking vampire, has she? Only when she pointed you out tonight, mate. Tom laughed as he gestured to the red and black velvet cape draped around the host's shoulders. <laughs> Harry! My father made space, admitting me to the circle of conversation and proceeded to make introductions. Harry, this is Kate, one of Mr. Kane's junior office employees that I'm here tonight to make sure he doesn't harass, and her boyfriend Tom. Everyone, this is Harry, the latest in the line of sons in the Harper and Sons solicitors, who've been keeping Bramsh's finest on the straight and narrow for generations. After a few minutes of small talk, and as Kane began another story of the old mill's dark past, I offered to fetch a round of drinks and excused myself. Filling the cups, I subtly dripped in the agreed measure of the clear liquids from the test tubes sticking out of my breast pocket into our guests' beverages, and began to make my way back, arms laden with drinks. Watch it! A woman slammed into my shoulder and sent me into a spin which almost saw me spill my precious cargo. I looked up with a frown, which quickly softened when I saw who had bumped into me. Maria Pritchard glared back at me, her wild auburn hair a mass of tangles, but her piercing green eyes cutting right into me for a moment before losing some focus as she wobbled. Clearly, someone had started early. Oh, it's you, she slurred. Is this one... As she pointed to one of the cups I was cradling, the shackle and chain at her wrist clinked, revealing it to be far more than a plastic Halloween prop. I shook my head. Good. She grabbed the cup from me and began swigging from it as she staggered away. Full moon, I muttered as I walked away. Don't I wish... 
she shouted back. I'd forgotten how well she could hear. A couple of hours and several laced drinks later, Tom was visibly unsteady on his feet and clearly struggling to focus. Meanwhile, Kate, owing to the specific concoction she'd been fed, was staring wide-eyed as Kane delivered story after story of the old mill. At this point, he'd all but given up adding in the fabricated details about it being an old family story or simply a legend. She was already deep enough. I'm... I'm gonna get some air... Tom mumbled and began to shuffle towards the door. Okay, babe. Kate didn't even look away. I glanced at my watch. It had gone eleven. I looked expectantly at Kane, who gave me the signal. I followed Tom outside. The story continues after a short word from our sponsors. And now, back to our nightmare in progress. Tom's eyes began to flutter, and he came to just as the ceremony began to reach its climax. I breathed a sigh of relief to myself as he began to stir. As out of it as he was, he'd fought hard when I'd grabbed him, and I'd worried that I'd held the cloth over his mouth for too long by the time I'd realised that my muscles had changed from working to hold him still and shifted to holding him upright. He realised he was bound before his eyes even returned to focus, and he weakly strained to lower his arms in vain. I had no idea if he realised he'd been stripped yet. What? What? What's going on? He struggled to form words, his mind likely swimming somewhere between drunk and hungover. We don't need his words. My father spoke into my ear. Understanding my duty... I leaned forward and placed the end of the poker into the brazier. Quiet, I commanded abruptly. Looking across the room, Tom caught sight of Kate, standing across from him. She stood naked in the centre of the room. She hadn't been bound, but was no more capable of moving than him. Her eyes were vacant. Elders Kane and Lasso now in full ceremonial robes, paced around her, further bewitching her mind with the ancient rites of our order. Kate! Kate! What the- ah! I held the poker against his leg just above the knee. The smell of grilled meat hit my nostrils as he writhed in pain. Quiet! I repeated. Kate's head slumped forward as the elders ceased talking, breathing deeply. Aside from Tom's whimpers and the crackling of torches, all was silent. With a sharp intake of breath, she raised her head, eyes fixed on this year's Halloween sacrifice. She took a step forward. Had it worked? She showed no recognition towards Tom, 
as she moved towards him. Kate? What's wrong? What the- I pressed the poker higher on Tom's thigh. We didn't need his words. You won't like where this goes next if you speak again. I threatened coldly. Don't waste your breath, young man. My father spoke up from the periphery of the circle. The spirit of Mill Lane is woven into our history. It takes root in those that truly listen to our stories. Many become victims, drawn like moths to the flames that will consume them. Others, who are truly special, may even join our order. Isn't that right, Kate? Kate drew closer to Tom, her face slack and emotionless. She looked directly at him, but didn't see him. Kate, don't, please. His voice was weak, barely even there. I lifted the poker from the flames, but a signal from Kane froze me in place. He wanted to see how this played out. Kate raised a hand and drew a line tenderly across Tom's chest. As he shuddered, somewhere between panic and falling into shock, her hand flattened, feeling the thumping of his heartbeat as she stared into his eyes. I... he breathed. Die. She thrust the ceremonial knife with strength and precision I'd only seen from seasoned elders before, burying the blade almost to the hilt with a single strike. Tom's eyes widened as he gasped. With the second blow, he spluttered, spraying blood into Kate's face. She didn't even blink. He was already limp before the third blow landed. I approached my father as he stood alone. By the dying embers of the burning barrel, he was overseeing the destruction of the final evidence within. You did well tonight, Harry. He spoke without looking up. I'd like to do more. My heart pounded. The order was very tied to tradition, and it didn't go well to speak out of turn. But I was committed. The world is changing, and we can't work in the old ways forever. Cain, Pritchard and Lasseau are relegated more and more to the shadows for fear of being caught on camera. Meanwhile, we're approaching our sixth generation of being admin support. Very well paid admin support, my father responded in a cautioning tone. Hear me out, I pleaded. The influence of minds through our stories is our best hope to not only survive, but actually grow. We can step out of the shadows of this town, and you can finally take a place on the Council of Elders. People don't gather round to listen to the old folks pass down ghost stories like they used to anymore. But I have a plan. 
Next year, so many things align. Lasseau has foreseen a year of turmoil, and on Halloween night, there's to be a hunter's moon. Our power will be at its very apex. What would you say if I promised to have the corruption of our stories spread to thousands of souls across the world from right here? My father looked at me silently for what felt like an eternity before he spoke. I'll gather the council. Let's hear your plan. listening live. I am officially freaked the fuck out now. There's people everywhere. They're everywhere. They're, they're on every side of the building outside. And they're in the house. Oh my god, they're at the door. They're, they're, they're coming. Go the fuck away. Leave me alone. I'm calling the police. It's time, Miss Lambton. Become our vessel and join us. Shut up! Shut up! Stop it! those listening. You've heard our stories. Our corruption is now in each of you. For those who heed the call, tell others of our deeds. Poison their thoughts and find your way here. Bring us your weak and be rewarded. We have only just begun. The Halloween Horrors of Old Mill Lane is produced by Hawk and Cleaver and stars Emily Booth. Editing is by Carl Hughes and it was directed by me, Andy Conduit Turner. Tonight's episode, The Corruption of Old Mill Lane, was written by Andy Conduit Turner and performed by Josh Curran. Music is by Sergei Cheremisinov, sound effects from freesound.org and zapsplat.com. The entire series is produced under a Creative Commons license, which of course means don't sell it, don't edit it, but you can share that as much as you would like. Thank you and happy Halloween. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.